BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome, everyone, to In the Weeds. It is Monday, November 6th. It is main channel Monday here on In the Weeds. Yes, SV3, you always complain that you're never on the main channel. You're the substitute teacher. I don't know what other nicknames you've given yourself over the past few months. You're on the main channel, SV3. Are you happy? I have, I've done something kind for you, as I've always done. All I do is kind things for you. But the, the latest thing I've done for you is put you on the main channel. Yes, Ryan, Joel is skipping the main channel show. Can you believe this? Not a man of the people, unlike yeah. myself, and unlike SB3, an actual man of the people. Man of the people, SB3, is your new nickname. Hey, man of the people, I like that. The best man, the man of the people. Like It's like I'm evolving with the nicknames. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, the substitute teacher of Fightful is back on the main channel. I only get this privilege when Reg decides he wants to go to a wrestling event and Kate has to call me on a Thursday. But I'm here. I'm here, ladies and gentlemen, on In the Weeds, the mocha spotlight of In the Weeds, the, the, the mocha branch of the weeds here. Uh, yes, I'm glad to be here. We've had a very busy week of professional wrestling, especially the weekend where I, I think from Saturday at 5 a.m., to Saturday at 10 p.m., I saw about seven to eight hours of professional wrestling and did a two and a half hour podcast in between. So yes, a lot, a lot to talk about, a lot to dissect. And I'm glad to be here with one of my favorite tag team partners I ever had, Jeremy Lambert. Not my this favorite. again. One of your favorites. One of one of <laughs> Can I at least get like a can I can I be top three? Can I be top five? Like where where am I at on this ranking here? Top two. Oh, okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm not. I I'm assume like I'm the number only, two, which is fine. Only person that's obviously above you has to be Chrissy Love. But other than that, like immediately, I I was like I was like, man, Jimmy told me he hates my guts. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, Rick, Rick is too nice. And I feel like, I feel like I'm mean to him sometimes when I have to be uh, harsh on wrestling because he's so positive. Uh, so, so yeah, you're, you're top two. I'll take it. I'll take top two. Um, I know once you, if, and when you do a show with Sat and McCarthy again, I'm going to get bumped down that list. Cause they're, they're, this is true. This is Sat, true. I can understand. Sat, McCarthy, yeah. 
I can't be below McCarthy. I, that's not right. That's not fair if I'm below McCarthy. Like, hey, you know what? McCarthy McCarthy interviewed Logan Paul right after Logan yes, Paul won. I saw that. I was, I was like, I was like, this man just has like personal phone calls. Like, like, like the first person he called Jake Paul, and then he called he called KSI, and then he called Alex McCarthy. That's what, what Logan I, Paul did. What if I just send this link to McCarthy? <laughs> this old bit where I just send the links to people and they have no idea why yes, they get yes. sent the link and then we see if they come on. It'd be, like, it be like it'd be like if, if Logan Paul sent you the link, you would have yeah. clicked on it immediately. <laughs> We've sent the link to Alex McCarthy, everybody. We'll see if he joins us or not. You know, we'll we'll see what happens with the great Alex McCarthy. Uh, we do have a lot to talk about today. For the none of you wondering where Joel Pearl is, um, I, I'm not. I don't have a great explanation, honestly. I don't remember if he mentioned on Friday's show if he was going to miss today's show or not. Uh, Joel Pearl has he honestly he he upset me with the way he was talking about my singing. I, I graced the audience and Joel with the the, the sweet sounds of Creed. And Joel did not take kindly to that. So I've banned Joel from the main channel. Joel has been banned from the main channel on this Monday. That's where Joel is. So, man. So, Joel, the next time I see you, all I'm going to say to you is, Hello, my friend, we meet again. It's been a long time. When do we begin? Feels like forever. And in my heart of memories, oh, perfectly life in century. Yeah, I had, I had uh, when I was the Love best it. man, I, I had the father of the bride. I was in like a big, like they had this bus take us from the wedding to the reception. And I was like, I was like practicing karaoke in there. And I did this. And he was like, you really sound like the guy from Creed. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Absolutely love it. We, more Creed. SB3 and I will do a Creed duet to end this show. That's Absolutely. everyone around for that. Stick around for that one. Uh, Shy Town Spurs. Oh, I got to do. This is the part I don't like about hosting. This is what this is what Joel's like actually good at. Not good at a lot, but he's actually good at this. Leave a thumbs up. Let's see if we can get the fireworks to go off here. Uh, fireworks. Yes. No. No fireworks didn't work today. Balloons. Oh, there's the fireworks. There it is fireworks all right uh leave a thumbs up on the video uh like and subscribe to the channel um send us super chats we don't see any of this money uh because it's on the main no. channel so we really don't see any of this money um go to fifeoverbooked.com fifeoverbooked.com that's where the show usually is on monday wednesday friday at 10 a.m eastern to noon eastern fifeoverbooked Dot com. We do this show every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Joel is usually here. Uh, he's not banned from from Overbooked. He's banned from the main channel. Um, along with along with this show, we have other great shows like Rob and Maggie coexisting 3 p.m. Eastern on Fridays. Tag Talk, which will be Tag on Talk. Tag Talk, the best show we have on Overbooked. Uh, that's 3 p.m. Eastern on Mondays with Haley and Kylie. Uh, New Japan Bread Club every other week with Matt and Kieran. Ending with Mike and Reg. Every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, covering the world of independent professional wrestling. Always bringing good interviews as yeah. well with independent talent. What else is on that channel? The uh, greatest show I was ever. getting there. I was getting there. I was getting there. I was trying to think of all the other shows first. I know, I, know, I, know. I, 
no. Yours like save the best for last. I I got I got Joel, where you were going. <laughs> Joel and Kate sometimes, rarely ever at eight on Sundays. Um, and then yeah, the the lawless the show. Dudes. The grassy, the grassy dudes. dudes every now and again. Once once, yes. in a, once a month. Once a month. We've gone to once a month. The grassy dudes where we talk about one of the greatest scene dramas of all time. Me and Steven Jensen of the Spotlight fame here on the main channel. We talk about the greatest show of all time, Degrassi, as well as whatever we feel like talking about. We did a show on Nickelodeon uh, shows. We did a show on Saved by the Bell. So it's it, that is that is one of the lawless shows that I do on Fightful Over. <laughs> there you go. So Degrassi dudes. And then every week, every Monday or every Tuesday, geez, I don't even know what time we do this show, uh, what day. Every Tuesday at some random time. Sometimes it's 830. Sometimes it's 9, 915, 930. Who knows? Who knows what time it is? But every Tuesday, the Lawless Show, known as FMC, which stands for whatever you want it to stand for. You show uh, them the bumper. Show them the bumper. Show them the great uh, bumper Rob Wilkins made for us. I'll do it at the end. I'll do it at the okay. end. Okay. Um, okay, great. I'll 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 plug FMC. See, we got we got more. so much we got so yeah. much stuff for the end for you. We're gonna do yes. a pre-duet, <laughs> and you get to see the bumper for the greatest show ever, FMC. <laughs> where we talk about nothing regarding wrestling, mainly basketball and trash reality television, and oh, the greatest bit I think I've ever done on a podcast, Love is Blind, the mobile game. Yes. I, get to, I, get to, I get to play out all the... <laughs> you got to realize, I was a kid that was in like theater class, uh, like, like, and, then, and then I watched wrestling. So I used to try to do all the voices of the wrestlers. So doing a whole a whole bit where I have to do different voices, greatest thing I've ever done on a podcast. Yes, Love is Blind, our, our walkthrough, they have a mobile game for the none of you that care about this. <laughs> so we play the mobile game. It's up on screen. It is myself, SV3, and the great Cher Delaware doing the voices, making the decisions. It's quite possibly the most fun, dumb thing we could possibly do. It's a, it's a ton of fun. So I don't know if you enjoy that kind of stuff. Uh, Love is Blind, Basketball Talk, Reality Vision, FMC, Tuesdays. We'll be there tomorrow on Fight All right, let's get into it. SP3, we got a lot to talk about in wrestling. And Chattown Spurs leads us off with this super chat. Uh, where are the chances to suck you in is a, a month launcher. In front. We got Jeremy <laughs> Bot back with us. Ah, uh, my hair. You're, 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 there, there you go. Every time you, you have to, I have to like mention it because then that's when it clears up. If I don't mention okay. it, I just can't let you keep going. It can go as long as possible. But if I mention it, you always clear up. It's great. What are the chances this is a money laundering front, SP3? <laughs> what is a money laundering front for like uh, WWE? Like WWE is trying to clean money. Trying to, trying, to, I, trying, to purchase, trying to purchase different laundry mats, aka promotions around the world to clean their money. Their shows, their shows are on TikTok, right? Like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, their shows are on TikTok. I mean, they got uh, Cerise Ray. Um, Ray, that was announced. Pretty, yes, yeah. Uh, so they've signed her. Um, I don't know. I, I I never. It's tough to get a, a hold on these. Really, any new promotion that pops up, um, um, because you just you don't know with that stuff, right? Any promotion that comes in signs a bunch of talent, and then just tries running these shows. I don't know how well their shows are doing 
as far as like attendance. They've only run a couple shows. Uh, it seemed like it was well received. The the feedback seemed good on it. It's on TikTok. I don't know how much they're making off of that. I have no idea how how long they you know Sarai signed Sarai signed a, a multi year deal with this company. I don't know if they're going to be around in multiple years. I but at the same time, like oh, some of these promotion could just survive and survive and survive. They might not make a ton of money, but as long as they're not losing their ass completely off of this stuff, then they can just be around. So, no idea what the viability is. Uh, Scotty Wrestling, uh, Scott probably has more insight to this than than I do. I'm I'm not the right person to ask about this. Yeah, and I, I think I like watched like one match from their first show, which was here in New York. Um, and I, anybody that I talked to that was like from the New York area that went to the show, like said they had a great experience and how they kind of really adapted to like the Joshi and tried to make it a full on experience for the people, having like custom Japanese like snacks and and merchandise and just the the hysteria, the aesthetics was very uh, Joshi based. So I I appreciate that. And they got a couple of people like uh, Sorry Anoi uh, that I know from like Stardom and stuff like that. But I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if Saray is kind of like the piece that they need to kind of become a main promotion, an independent promotion, because you're it's weird because you're a Joshi promotion based in the East Coast on in New York. So it's already a, a unique kind of sell there. And now you have somebody that was a pursued free agent from some of the top promotions out there, and especially WWE that it was reported over the weekend was looking to bring her in to be a part of uh, Joshi World Order uh, that they're building out after what happened at Crown Jewels. So it's it's a very interesting move on Saray's part, but I definitely feel like, yeah, she'll be probably the number one star in this promotion. I don't know if she would have been in WWE. I don't know where she would have fit in WWE, but I think they had big plans for her in WWE and then 2.0 hit. And so everybody had to have a gimmick and they gave her a gimmick. That's for sure. They Um, definitely did. They made her an anime character. Uh, Yeah. That was an interesting choice. Yeah. So, but I I know Triple H and William Regal were like high on her. You know, Triple H loves uh, the, 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 the Joshi talent, the, the top independent talent and everything. He loves he loves them. So I know they were high on her. And then, yeah, 2.0 happened. They had to do what they had to do with her. She or the company and mutually just decided this ain't working. Let me go elsewhere. She went back to Japan. Now she's going to work with, with this promotion. That's not to say she doesn't end up in WWE down the line. Um, you know, who knows? I don't know how strong these contracts are with this company. I assume... I have I got no real insight into this. I assume if it isn't AEW or WWE, the contracts aren't super strong. Um, you know, Impact has Impact. You can still kind of work elsewhere, go other places, and whatnot. But like, if you kind of want to get out, it seems easy enough. MLW, everybody seems to want out of their contracts at various points and it seems like sometimes they can get out sometimes they can't these independent promotions you know nobody really signs a contract in the indies it's all like freelance paper kind of stuff but then you have like like stuff like lucha underground from a couple of years ago because they were a part of a cable network they had some very strict contracts that kept people under locks for a very very long time that had, I think, a lot to do with just because they were on the network. 
though. I don't think TikTok yeah. is enforcing oh, a no. bunch of contracts here. Maybe they are. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I assume that for a lot of these promotions, like the contracts are, they're there. But if you need to get out of them, there's enough wiggle room to like kind of get out of them, especially if a company like WWE, AEW comes along. It's like, hey, we'll pay you this much to get out of it. Like, okay, sure. Yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, of course. I think I think that this probably may be like a bridge contract for for Saray, even though it says multi-year deal, yeah. even though even though it says that it might be just her bridge to make the move over to the US. She feels more comfortable making this deal here instead of with WWE where she made the deal before and then had to go back. So like like if if WWE is the best option outside of this, then I can understand the apprehension in not wanting to take that deal and make that transition back over to the United States. And Saray has been kind of killing it on the independent scene in Japan since coming back over. So she's raised her profile even more where she instantly becomes the number one star for this promotion. So I'm, I'm going to be on a wait and see with all of this. Yeah. Yeah. And we will see. She's supposed to make her debut on their show next month. So We'll see how it goes. Um, again, I, Scott is the person you should be following for this. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's at Scotty Wrestling. We'll see if uh, we get Scott. We we've tried to get Scott on the show so many times, and then the schedules just don't align. We'll see if we can get him on the show uh, here coming soon. Talk uh, talk New Japan and some some Joshi because he has way more insight to that than I do. I am not the person. He's fully one. tapped in on on Joshi. I found out that Sam Nakano is not going to defend the World World of Stardom Championship against uh, Suzu Suzuki coming up at Gold Rush because she still is injured from her last title defense. So there you go. Yeah. Well, Chisholm sends a super chat. Triple H is telling EO and Kyrie to find someone they can put in the faction. All right. So let's let's touch on this Crown Jewel. Uh, this past Saturday, we had EO Sky against Bianca Belair defending the title. And Io was victorious after the return of Kyrie Sane. Kyrie came out and uh, jump hit a jumping knee onto Bianca. Bianca rolled in to beat the count, but right rolled right into the moonsault. Io won. Kyrie and Io celebrate. Bailey's looking very confused. I thought Michael Cole did an excellent job of selling. Like Bailey's confused. Bailey doesn't know what's going on. The last time. Bailey saw Kyrie. She was beating Kyrie's ass. And like, so she, I don't know if she's happy about this. There's the little divide there with damage control. Now I like that. Again, I thought Cole did a great job. Do they need a third? Do Kyrie and EO need a, need a third? And is it, everybody's just going to group Asuka in there just because that's what they, they do this with everything. It's like, let's but just, she has the pass in the history. She does. Women. Yeah. She was, yeah, she was teams with Kyrie. So yeah. like, but you know, they were going to group uh Soraya in there as well. So like, or Soraya, sorry. Um, we're going to group her in there. She's like, Oh, Japanese, let's put them all together. Like they, that that's what they're going to do. I don't know if they need a third, if they do beyond the, the fact of the, the nationality, like, Asuka makes sense because she does have the history with Kyrie, but she was also just feuding with EO. So I don't yes. fully need that. I'm fine with just, uh, just uh, EO and, and Kyrie here. I'm fine with that. And then we have Bailey and I mean, Dakota's not healthy until at least January. So Bailey might need to find someone else or Bailey might just need a baby face turn. Like I'm, I could, I could use a refreshed Bailey. She's been healed for a while now. I can use a refresh Bailey or let me throw this out at you SB three or 
I think dun, I already know dun, where you're going. Dun, yes. Money. Dun, dun, dun. Money. Theme song always bangs. The return of Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks, to help Bailey. What do we think I, of that? I mean, I mean, like the first time I heard this idea of that last part, the latter part was a good friend, Luke Owen of uh, Wrestle Talk. He said it on the Wrestle Talk news, and he was like, he was like, it's reckless speculation, but yes. you know, Dave Meltzer in the Wrestle Observer newsletter this week said that there are no, currently no plans to do Mercedes Monet versus Julia for New Japan or Stardom. And she has no dates set for New Japan right now. Now, is that because they are still negotiating a deal, like he said at like the latter part of the report? Or is that because Mercedes is now getting lured back? She's like looking over there at her old boo and she's like, oh, you don't have that old crusty dude over there anymore who was holding back the women. I see 14, 15 women on Monday Night Raw every single week. And she's like, huh. And I will say this whole angle that went down at Crown Jewel, I thought was brilliant because it felt like the first time the women had a have a storyline that has potential to be on the level of storytelling that we've seen on the men's side of WWE, whether it's been with the bloodline or with the judgment day or with the current Drew McIntyre storyline. We really haven't had that from the women, despite Rhea Ripley being this huge star and probably in the top three stars in WWE today. And despite Becky Lynch kind of reigniting her star power with her run in NXT, I can't really say there's been an interesting story in the women's division at all on the main roster this year. Like, I'll wait. Like, if anybody could say it in the chat, like, I'll wait. Because I don't think they've really actually focused in because of the whole drama with Vince coming in, having ideas, pulling people and stuff like that. Triple H was dealing with a lot. It's great what they've done with Rhea Ripley and made her into this big star. But I feel like her title reign has kind of been short of the potential of what it could have been. But with this story, they have legs here because of all the different parts with EO and Kyrie's pass. You got Kyrie's pass with Asuka and the fact that Asuka was the one that was there when Kyrie was attacked by Bailey. And now Kyrie is joining up with damage control and EO, the enemy to Asuka and that whole dynamic there, right there, that wasn't really addressed in the angle. Then you have the whole thing with Bailey, who I thought, her reaction was like the cherry on top of the return for Kyrie to really like put it over. And I feel like this is going to be the story that really kind of takes Bailey to where she needs to be because you're absolutely right. It's been four years of Bailey as a heel. And like a lot of us, me included, wanted her to turn babyface when she came back from the injury. So we we've we've like we've gone one year over of where I think this Bailey heel character needed to be. And honestly, it's kind of like a joke now that she kind of just loses every time she's in a matchup with a bit with a another top uh, star in the women's division. But like, I want to see Bailey be the Sami Zayn of this story, where she is the heel right now, but slowly but surely she becomes a babyface again. She doesn't need to be the hugger; she can just be the established veteran. Like she is the workhorse of this women's division, and I think that she deserves that respect. And deserves a great a great baby face run after her great work as a heel. So I like everything about this. The Dakota factor is in there with 
her coming back, where does she align with Kyrie and EO or with Bailey? I don't know how that's going to work, but it's another interesting part to all of this. But like I said, the first time this year, WWE has an interesting storyline in the women's division. I thought they've largely dropped the ball on damage control since they got put together uh, way back at SummerSlam last year. Um, I thought Bailey should have beat Bianca for the title. I thought yeah. they should have held the gold. But the weird, they didn't win the tag team titles in that tournament that was designed for them to win. And then they just, oh, two weeks later, got the belts. It's like, why didn't you just put the belts on them? It's like tournament? it's like a comedy of errors with the like up until EO wins the money in the bank, like damage yeah. control booking has been a comedy of errors. Like they don't win at WrestleMania 39 against Becky, Trish and Lita only for Trish two weeks later to attack Lita backstage and, uh, and turn heel on back. Like, it's like, dude, you could have set up this whole angle at WrestleMania and had damage control, get a big win. Like, like it's just like, it's like the decisions don't make sense from, from the past decisions. It, it's been weird with, with damage control. Um, as far as the real quickly on your point of no good women's like stories, I'll they're not on the level of like bloodline stuff because I don't know if anything is, and you, you can take that as good or bad. We'll get into some bloodline stuff uh, here, here shortly, but uh, Rhea Ripley has almost like transcended just the women's division. And yeah. I, that's, you know, I understand if people maybe are like, oh, well, she needs to do more in the women's division. She's become like such a, a force outside of that division that it does make her a big deal in that division, though. Like when someone defeats her, and I assume they're setting up the Becky stuff um, for, for WrestleMania. If someone defeats her, it's going to feel big. So I look, I don't know if Rhea's had, she hasn't. She hasn't had like a great story unto herself. Like she's just beaten Natalia quickly. She's beaten I Zelina quickly. Yeah, the the match this this past uh Saturday the, five the, five way, the yeah. Raquel matches it's like yeah. it's not yeah it's nothing been like memorable as far as like a story within itself but like yeah Rhea Ripley like I said I think it's Roman Cody and Rhea that's the top yeah. three biggest stars in WWE right now I think the Becky and Trish stuff was good it did you know the blow off was SummerSlam. They dragged it a little bit past that, but I thought they made the best out of that. You know, they made the the lemonade lemons uh jokes. They literally made that joke on air. Um, like I thought they made the best out of that whole thing. I do think there were some loose ends that could have been tied up with Lita being attacked and then never returning again. That was that's honestly hilarious. And Trish just beat her ass and then she just didn't return. <laughs> Like, like I literally was calling the logic holes in the whole Trish turn from the beginning. And, like, when we got, like, three months in, that's when everybody was like, oh, this hasn't been good. And I'm just like, it wasn't good from the beginning. Like, they, when you start on faulty ground on a story, it's never going to be good. But they stuck the landing, at least. I'll yeah. give them credit for that. The, the cage match was one of the best women's matches of the year with Trish and uh, Becky at Payback. They did stick the landing on that like they've tried with the women's and, division and, and i'm not saying they haven't had great matches like i think that match the the bianca eo at uh backlash uh Rhea and charlotte like they've had great matches that i would probably put in the top 10 of all of wwe this year but as far as like the story i just haven't even seen the effort to make an interesting story uh i've seen the effort i just don't think they've they've hit on some stuff look there was 
effort in the Shayna and Ronda stuff. It just wasn't that good. Was there? It, there felt, was. It, it felt very haphazardly put together. It felt very. Well, they win the it, tag team titles, and then immediately, like a month later, Shayna just decides to turn on her in the middle of a match. Like they didn't. Yeah, even because they they that was another one that was on faulty ground because it did not make sense why Shayna turned on her. No, I'm with you on that, and it's because they had to almost rush it because Ronda was done at uh, SummerSlam, and the MMA match was oh, just a weird call because look, I said it before the match. I said Ronda should or yeah. No, uh, Shayna should win with a flying knee in 10 seconds. Just give a quick flash knockout. Don't like try to do an actual MMA match because it's not going to hit. And it didn't hit. They should have just done a, a quick knockout gimmick. I think that would have gotten over a lot more. Like they had to rush that story, but I saw what they were going for with that. And like they tried with the video packages and the, everything. The, like the last promo that they did, the last video package, that was one of the best video work yeah. WWE's done this year. I think I, I think they've tried with some stuff. I think whether it be circumstances or I, I almost largely circumstances because Ronda wanted to finish up. Becky and Trish, like you could have just ended that at SummerSlam. I don't know why you needed to to drag to drag that one out. Like Rhea and Charlotte, like they told the story they told, and then the the match was really good on that there's that was, been some... yeah, it's it's been a lot of stick in the landing with wwe this year it hasn't been a lot of like good story like charlotte and Rhea was not a good build-up to wrestlemania but they stuck the landing they tried with the build-up they're they're trying sp3 they're trying oh yeah i, I, I I'll, I'll, I'll give you i'll give you charlotte charlotte and, and Rhea. they did try because they did they did the wwe it was... go-to of a pull-apart brawl to to get people yeah exactly it. <laughs> it was it was a weird it was a weird dynamic because charlotte was the baby face but she can't baby face like she just can't like don't, don't get me started on the build up to both <laughs> women's title matches at WrestleMania. I'm still upset of that. That was better than Bianca and Oscar's build up to WrestleMania. Yeah, that build up wasn't good. Like they they they've had the pieces. You're right that they've stuck the landing. Like they're they're attempting stuff. They just they just haven't done a great job with it. Like they they just really haven't done a great job in the stories. But you're right. They've at least stuck the landing and they've at least been featured and you can see what they're trying to do. It doesn't mean they've hit. They clearly haven't hit, but you can see what they're trying to do. Like that's why I'm a little bit cautious about this damage control storyline. I thought everything that was good on Saturday. I thought it was EO didn't get the reaction she should have got, or not EO. Kyrie the, the, didn't get the reaction. The crowd was just the, the match in general did not yeah. get a reaction. Like it felt like the crowd like decided like midway through Logan Paul and Rey Mysterio, they were like, "We're gonna rest up for the final two matches." It was. I mean, that was. Yes, I'm a little iffy on babyface Bianca right now. It's a lot of. I'm the EST. I've done this. I've done this. It's very cookie cutter stuff with Bianca and EO's title reign has been what what it's been. Like she's had matches and there, there hasn't been much substance past that. You know, Bianca was only back for a week and she got the the title match. And then the, the next show was like taped and everything. So it was, you know, it wasn't the, it wasn't the hottest match going into anything like the it was a match designed to get Kyrie's return they did Kyrie's return just didn't hit with that audience because like Kyrie's biggest stuff came during the pandemic and there was no audience during the pandemic I didn't know if, if that crowd even like recognized 
who Kyrie was and, and the value Kyrie has or anything. Like I think maybe in a, in front of a different audience that gets over a little bit better. Do you um, think they should have saved it for Survivor Series? Uh, well, it depends on what they're going to do at Survivor Series. Obviously, like if they're doing a women's war games match, then you didn't have time to to do that for Survivor Series. Uh, so yeah, I I don't know. Um, but yeah, the the crowd wasn't very hot for that match, and then Kyrie came in. And crowd wasn't super hot for that, but I am I'm I'm cautiously optimistic with this because the pieces are there to tell a good story. Now it's just on them to actually tell the story again. They've they've tried some stuff with the women this year. A lot of it hasn't hit in the story wise, but I think I don't even want to say this has been their best like laid out plan because I think Rhea and Charlotte was a good laid out story for WrestleMania. They just had the pieces in the wrong place for that. I think Becky and Trish was a good story they just they they got off on the wrong foot on that i Uh, I agree i agree with that one i don't agree with the Rhea and charlotte i felt like Rhea and charlotte was a mistake from jump when as soon as Rhea picked charlotte i was like no she should obviously pick bianca like that's your two biggest women stars and it seems like it seems like they're gonna push this back like this is this is like his his tony khan booking of of a of a of a women's division feud that he's gonna be like, I'm gonna save it for a rainy day. Tony Khan does that with so many of his matches. I'm yes. gonna save it for a rainy day. And this is what Triple H is doing for Bianca and Rhea. I didn't I didn't mind Rhea picking Charlotte simply because I got what they were trying to say of a Charlotte ruined my one WrestleMania moment, which was in front of nobody anyway. And now like I want to go out there and like I want that moment back. Again, the pieces were just Charlotte trying to babyface Charlotte. Exactly. She's not a baby that's, face. That's, that's why it's scenario. a mistake from the beginning because Rhea is thriving as a heel at the time he does at the time she does that. If Rhea is a babyface, I have no issue. Or be Rhea's a tweener. Or if no Charlotte's issue. a better babyface. Or, or, or yeah, no, <laughs> I, I don't think that's possible. So I'm going with the stuff <laughs> that I think is possible. If all of that would have been possible, then then yes, this is a good story. But it's not because Rhea's thriving as a heel and Charlotte Flair is supposed to be the babyface. This is flawed from the jump. I mean, it was. It was. But that I understood what they were trying to go for with that. It was a flawed premise. But I understood, okay, here's what we're going to do here. It just, it was, you're right. It was flawed. It was. You can't babyface Charlotte. You just can't. It's, they're still trying. Bless them. Yo, they're I, still I'm trying. I'm so surprised. We're going on a year. I think that is the, is this the longest we've had a babyface Charlotte. Someone check. Someone check. Bro, it pops me. I love Charlotte. I absolutely love Charlotte. She just beats the tag team champions with her fucking like fifth move. The kick to the face. Like she never wins with this. Just like, yeah, big kick to the face. Pen. Love it. I love Charlotte so much. Like I, I, I do the ironic love for her. It just pops me so much. Like you can baby face Charlotte with me. Probably not the general audience, but with me, love it. Absolutely. Did she, did she take a bump? Did she take a bump in that match? Because, I don't because know yo, I think I was I was fascinated watching her versus EO Sky. We're like the first third of the matchup. She can she did not take a bump. It like rules. it's like it's amazing to me. I'm like, I love it. I love it. It's great that she's now, you know, she's found herself a partner. So she can do oh, now let me win these tag team titles. And she's got a partner 
who, you know, Shotzi's a bump machine. She'll go out there and take all these dumb bumps. And Charlotte would just come in, get the hot tag, clean house, one, two, three. She, she puts Sting into Shotzi's Darby Allen. They make it a female Sting and Darby Allen. Charlotte rules. Absolutely rules. I don't understand how how anyone can dislike her. I actually do, but it's so great. <laughs> she's she's so good at the game. Like she is. She just is. You gotta respect it. You gotta respect how good she is at it. Because they don't know how to do anything with her that isn't in the title picture. And right now she can't be in the the main title pictures because they got the damage control story and then they got their own stuff on Raw. It's like, oh, where can we put well, it's the, the tag team titles. We can put her there because there's still titles there. Dude, they're going to create a mid-card title for this woman at some point because they just don't know what to do with her if it's not something with the title. And I think they're running the same issue with Bianca, by the way. They don't seem to know what the... I'm, I'm a little concerned what they got going on for Bianca now because Bianca, maybe she's out of the title picture. Maybe bailey goes to bianca and wants to be friends out of all of this i don't know if that's gonna work but like i don't know where bianca slots in after this after she lost outside of just hey i lost but i was screwed over again but they don't seem to know a whole lot to do with bianca that ain't the title picture either no no they don't they 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 have the they're going into that issue of the charlotte flair with bianca where she can't be out of the title picture or we don't know what to do with her basically and it seems like becky lynch is the only one of these women that has figured out like how to be out of that ecosystem or get something else like the nxc women's championship to create more stories for the division and now that she doesn't have the title she still has stories because she set something up with zaya lee so i think that and then also rio Ripley's been able to do that because she's had the women's championship, but she's been in everything else with the men's division. So they have they have these two women, and that's why I feel like that's the strongest women's matchup they can give us at WrestleMania. So I understand why they've been holding this off. It's been a detriment to a lot of the storytelling in the women's division because they're trying to hold off on that match and the Bianca and Charlotte and Bianca and Rhea. Like, their three biggest matchups, they're trying to hold off on everything and try to bring other women up at the same time, and it's a difficult task. It is difficult, but I think... I actually think that's the right call. Hold off on them until WrestleMania. Try to elevate other people in the meantime. Becky gets it. You listen to any of these Becky interviews or read any of these interviews or just watch what she's doing on television. She gets that it can't just be her, Charlotte, Bailey, and you know, not Sasha for, for the next however long. It's like, no, we gotta feature people like Tegan and Candace and Zaya. And like maybe they don't immediately win these matches and stuff, but at least if you get them on TV and establish they have a presence, like that's helpful than them just being disappeared forever and then trying to bring them on kind of cold here. Give them small little segments. Give them just something to do. Now they should win some matches at some point. I mean, I know like Zaya won this past week. I don't know if this uh angle if it's an angle with candace where she she got rocked uh but zaya won the match so like give give her something to do give them some victories and start establishing these other people below the actual you know below the champions especially at raw when you have three hours like there's no excuse for them to not to do more on raw when you got some more time to fill and and they again to their credit they are trying to get these women on raw like there was the you know the thing where they had 16 women on raw that that one episode like good let them let them be on there let them show some personality give them some victories over each other and start establishing some people 
yeah, they because because they have to get the try to get these people over. And I like I said I, I said a couple of weeks ago with like the contract signing that they did with the women's five way. I thought it was a mistake that they only let Rhea and Nia talk because I was like Shayna Baszler is one of the best talkers. Like why don't y'all let her talk? And get her character over. That and I Nia they, promo was so bad. It, oh it, my god, it, it was very bad. It's just like just because she gets heat doesn't mean that it's always good heat. Yeah. Um, but but Shayna Baszler, I felt like they gave her a nice little spotlight. Uh, they gave everybody a spotlight in that woman's five way, but I felt like Shayna was the one that's the most memorable with that three way submission spot. And I'm just like, just give leave this woman this. Don't you realize this woman? We were talking about her as one of the best women's wrestlers in the world five years ago when she was in NXT. Like, why can't y'all ever just give her the ball and just let her be her? And like with, with uh, Raquel Rodriguez, why can't she just have a personality outside of having a back? I'd rather oh. her have a personality than she just was, a back. She was lost in Saudi. She had to cover up her back. Oh, I felt so bad for her. I was like, oh no, Raquel, what are we going to do with you? you it's like, we can't see it. We can't see it. Uh, and, and Zoe Stark, man. Zoe Stark, uh, I feel bad for her because she she had something with Trish, and it just seems like they didn't know what to do with her after Trish left. Yeah, they the pieces are there for them. We'll see now that I mean, look, Rhea's beaten all of them, so now you've got to somehow just reestablish people below Rhea. Uh, I think I think Nia's forward. still there. I think that that's going to be the feud for for Rhea. And I think that I think that it is smart to kind of keep Nia strong because I feel like that's going to probably be the first person Jade Cargo overcomes when she comes to the main roster. I mean, look, they got Jade coming in to to take out a lot of people as well, so they've got some stuff cooking in the yeah. the women's division. We'll see where they where they fully go with everything. You can kind of see some visions going into WrestleMania, but we still got Survivor Series and Rumble to get to before. We get to WrestleMania. A couple super chats here. Uh, Luis says, if Bailey turns babyface, give her pair more music. They should license more music. I'm fine with that. They won't, but they should. Hey, they gave uh, Brooks Jensen Journey. So Yeah, that ruled. I mean, that they did? won't do it on TV, but no. that ruled. I thought it was a custom thing at first. Yeah, I, I, th- like, I thought it was a vi- I thought it was a video edit. I yeah. was like, oh, that was cool that you put it over uh, his entrance, but I don't get why this is, uh, why you put it over his entrance. And then someone said, oh, no, it's real. I was like, what? No, I knew, <laughs> I knew it was real. Like, when I first clicked it, that's what I thought it was. But I knew it was real when he started, like, mouthing the lyrics while he's mm-hmm. on the turnbuckle. I was like, oh, there ain't no way, like, he's mouthing these lyrics to a custom thing unless, like, they just completely ripped it off and then they put the real song over it. Uh, Will Chisholm says, is it, it is weird. Three weeks ago, Dave said New Japan had plans for Mercedes, and now she doesn't. Uh, I'm not saying it's happening, but if she joins AEW, she could have New Japan dates, so the WWE stuff might happen. I don't know. Here's the thing. like I'm throwing out the Mercedes stuff with uh, um, reckless speculation, as, as SB3 kind of said there. I don't know how sourced and good dave's info is when it comes to the mercedes stuff like he was right on some of the stuff but then he was also a little off on some of the other stuff with her so i don't know i don't know she she could i don't know when she's gonna be back in action either like she's been gone for a while now and i have no idea when she's gonna actually be back in action so i have no idea what mercedes next move is i really don't i i think they the WWE stuff is just kind of fun to speculate about 
Yeah, it's sad that like Mercedes Monet was looking like the easy woman's wrestler of the year, like four months in. Like four months in, it was like it was like, oh yeah, it's wrapped up. She feels like the biggest star. She was making a difference for New Japan and Stardom's business, had great matches with Kyrie, Mayu Watani, and even the match with like Stephanie Vaker and and uh, Willow Nightingale on the night she got injured was great, but it's unfortunate that she's been out this long. I'm very interested to see what's next, though. Like, is she gonna come back to WWE? Is she gonna go to AEW? Is she gonna go back to New? Japan and stardom. Very interested. I think that Mercedes Monet is kind of like underneath a lot of the more prominent free agents that everybody's talking about of who they're where they're gonna go. And we're gonna talk about we see one in the title here, Will Ospreay. But I feel like Mercedes Monet is gonna be a big domino that drops in the wrestling war. Uh Will says, How bad y'all think Vince hurt the women's division? And I'm talking way before Triple H. Mercedes and Trinity walked out because yeah. of of what Vince wanted to do or didn't want to do. So he hurt them in losing two of his top, literally his women's tag team champions. He hurt them. I don't think Triple H's booking of the women's division has been all sunshine and rainbows since he took it over. Like I just talked about, I don't think damage control has been what they probably could have been over the last year now how much was vince making edits throughout the first half of the year and how much was this is what triple h is doing i don't know but clearly triple h's fingerprints have been on the women's division since SummerSlam of last year and clearly they've been on the women's division since uh since vince has kind of further moved aside with the the tko sale so i think Triple H gets a lot of credit for the women's division and elevating them for what he did with them in NXT, right? Like Stephen yeah. McMahon, Stephanie McMahon is the on-screen creator of the women's division. Uh, she credits Triple H for everything that actually happened behind the scenes with the women's division. So he, he gets a lot of credit, rightfully so, uh, for yeah. a lot of cases. Um, you know, and I think that... I think people see that. I think the women see that. And I think there's a trust there with Triple H to where they want to continue to, they believe in him of like, he's going to do right by us, you know, and as time passes, that's either going to be proven to be correctly, or that's either going to be proven of like, Oh, maybe, maybe he does drop the ball in some cases. Like we, we shall see. I don't know when it comes to Mercedes. I thought when Triple H was kind of back uh, last year, I thought it would lean like she would return to WWE and then she didn't she had other aspirations I I always say this when it comes down to these people they have their own aspirations and they're going to make their own decisions when it comes to this we don't know what they want we can speculate and we are in the case of Osprey here uh, shortly we can speculate what they want we can speculate what we think would be cool but we have no idea what their actual goals and aspirations and desires are no not at all. All we can do on, on these podcasts or the YouTube shows is speculate and go off of things that we've heard them say before or what we believe that they want. But at the end of the day, they can turn around and switch it all up. That's why I am leaving it wide open that Mercedes Monet may return to WWE. It may look better than what it did last year at the time when Triple H came in and it was a little like, let's wait and see. And they waited and see, and then Vince came back. And maybe she's still like, let's wait and see now that Vince is gone after the TKO merger. Or she may say, hey, I still want to accomplish some things. So a lot of a lot of what she was trying to accomplish is still undone. 
because of the way that she went out with this injury. So I think that she still has so much left on the table outside of WWE before I would think that I would want to see her as a fan back in WWE. However, I don't know what she wants, like you said. Right. And I agree. It would seem like, oh, well, she still wants to work a a New Japan match. She still wants to get back the New Japan title. She still wants to work in stardom and stuff. But how much of her mindset has changed with this injury now of like, hey, let me just secure this five year deal and get all this money. And and I ain't worried about working this kind of harder style on my body type of thing. We we don't know. We don't know what's changed, especially with an injury. An injury is going to make people change their mind on a lot of things, especially if you can get like WWE money ain't guaranteed money because they can release you at any time. But it's most likely more money up front from everything than anybody else is going to offer you. Like you just don't know what what were uh, what these people are thinking. Um, other stuff from from Crown Jewel and the two big things. Uh, there's there's actually about three big things. One, Logan Paul winning the U.S. title. Uh, two, John Cena. Is this the last we've seen of the GOAT, John Cena? He got thumbed in the throat, Jeremy. He got yes, throated. He got throated. He got his throat penetrated by Solo Sokoa's thumb. Not seen anybody get their throat penetrated like that since yeah. the last Sarah J video I watched. nice i'm glad i set you up (laughs) uh and then and still acknowledge roman reigns roman reigns hey you didn't mention the the wwe match of the year candidate that kicked off the show seth freaking rollins and drew well i was gonna kind of get into that with the osprey talk so oh okay Okay. that's fair we'll say we'll save that there but yes roman reigns winning i thought that that was easily la Knight's best wwe match and this was the great match i was looking for i said that wwe wasn't going to fully commit to la Knight as a main eventer until he had a great match and probably a run with a mid-card title. And I think that he is one away. He got the great match with Roman Reigns here. I thought everything up until the Bloodline interference was much different than his matchup with Jay Uso, which was a lot of walking brawl at SummerSlam. And this one was uh, it started off fired up, started with a lot of energy. I thought LA Knight looked good. He felt in the moment, felt like he belonged as a main eventer there with Roman Reigns. And I felt like Roman Reigns gave him a lot throughout the matchup, kicking out of the spear, feeling like he was resistant and that it took all of the bloodline usual nonsense to beat him even though i saw a lot of people were not happy on the bloodline nonsense coming into play and i was just and i was just like what were you expecting what why why do you watch why do you watch if you were begging and like oh do something different you're not gonna see anything different to at least wrestlemania 40 like i thought we were under that understanding when cody didn't finish the story i absolutely love it i love the the roman reigns stuff i'm leaning into just fully praising roman reigns i think it rules that he works like five matches a year you know what the match is gonna be he's gonna have is like usual kind of the the first three-fourths of the match are gonna be whatever really the first half the first half of the match is gonna be whatever he's gonna pop you with some like cool trash talk to the camera this one he popped people he's like 
pop people with that. Like he's gonna pop you with some mannerisms and stuff. And then the the middle or the the three fourths portion, it's gonna be finisher kick out stuff. And then the closing stretch is gonna be interference. You know the Roman Reigns formula every single time. Every single time. He he earned he earned he earned his his days his couple of months off before the Royal Rumble. He'll be back next year. Made LA Knight look good. So I'm happy. The big dog, the tribal chief, the head of the table <laughs> is still number one. Eleven hundred and sixty plus days, ladies and gentlemen. People were very upset when I suggested he break Bruno and Hogan's record and then lose the title to Cena so Cena could get the 17th win to surpass Flair. I feel like this is a great idea. SB3. I mean, I mean, I saw a better idea. I can't take credit for it. I got to give it to, I think it was uh, Oli Keeks on, uh, on Twitter. She said Roman breaks Bruno's record and then just comes out and gives the Kobe, I, I added, he comes out and gives the Kobe Bryant retirement speech and says, Tribal Chief out. Instead of dropping the mic, he drops both times. Oh, I did. I suggested <laughs> that idea a long time ago. I, I suggested that idea a long time ago. Joel will back me up on that, that Roman just breaks all the records, just like, here, take these belts. And then when he decides to come back, he he friggin' just, uh, he just beats him again and just takes the belts back. It's like, I never lost these. Absolutely, yeah. Joel, Joel confirmed that I've already suggested that one. My new <laughs> was was that Cena breaks the record, so Cena, so Cena can Roman can break his records of holding the title for uh, past Bruno and Hogan, but then Cena can break the record. You make Cena. You got to make these young guys like John Cena. You know, you got to make history on who's going to beat Roman Reigns. You bring up you bring up John Cena, and I have a serious question for everyone watching for Jeremy Lambert. Oh. What did Austin Theory do to John Cena? What did he do to him? Did he like take a crap in his bag? Did he try to bag his wife at the like post at like a, like a post show like scrum More or something like spend. like what did he do to him? Did he say that he was like, yo, yo, like I, I've always been the biggest fan of you, and I'm so glad I'm gonna be here. You know, everyone's just saying I'm the next you, and Cena was just like. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, let's do this promo. Let's do this promo. Dude, I, I think what did he do? Because this man has put over L.A. Knight. This man went out of his way and gave Solo Sokoa to SummerSlam 2014 Brock Lesnar push on Saturday. What did Austin Theory do to John Cena? Why he hates his guts? And he decided I'm gonna yes, I'm gonna lose to you at WrestleMania. But no, I will not put you over. <laughs> John Cena didn't even get tanned for that match. John John came in as pale as my wife for that match. Like he did not even get the main event tan for that one. I don't think Theory did anything to John Cena. I think Cena recognizes that kid ain't got it. And I'm going to pull it out of him. And if I can't pull it out of him, too bad. Then that just means he really doesn't have it. I really think Cena was there to just like test him on that. I really think that that's, that's what it was. And yeah, the, the theory's got the allegations and things as well. Um, like I, I think Cena was there to test him of just, Hey, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna come in here. I'm going to hit you with every haymaker that I can. 
and you're either going to respond to it or you're going to fail. And he failed. He didn't, he didn't respond to it. And I don't blame John Cena. I have not been, I've not been on that theory bandwagon at all since dating back to the NXT stuff. I've never seen it with them. And the Cena stuff was just confirmation for me. I see it way, way more with Waller. And I've said it plenty Waller of times. Waller has more charisma. I think Theory's definitely better in the ring, though. I think he's, mm, he's a better I don't think, worker. I don't think much of Theory in the ring. I mean, I'm not saying Waller. Oh, I don't, I don't think, I don't, yeah, I don't think, I don't think much of him, but I think he's ahead of Waller, but Waller's just so ahead of him in the charisma and on the mics department that, that it feels like, yeah, Grayson, well, I agree. Grayson Waller is better than Austin Theory right now. And with Grayson Waller and the Austin Theory pairing, it feels like this is a vehicle to get uh, Grayson Waller over and something for Austin Theory to do right now. Yeah. Good. They should be trying to get Grayson Waller's over. He's better than Austin Theory. He's 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 built like they can Waller can be like Miz level or better for the rest of his career. And he can have look at the career Miz has had. Miz is set. Miz is set for life. Waller can be that guy. And uh, people will be like, oh, waste or whatever. You got a Miz career. I think you're doing okay. I know people get mad at that, but you're doing you're doing good if you're at a Miz career with in, uh, in WWE. Uh, Caden just says Logan Paul confirmed elite stand. Sure, he's a confirmed uh, Hangman Adam Page fan for sure. He when he Why, did, the, he did moon- the buckshot and he did the moonsault slam. Moon yeah, he did the moonsault slam. I was just like, yeah, he he's he's been watching. And he's, he's, what if he's just a confirmed superbly. Yo, I will say, I had never thought I would say this, but after November 4th, 2023, I saw a match where Logan Paul was the better wrestler between him and Rey Mysterio. I am sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Tell me when I'm telling lies because Logan Paul was so impressive. He showed power, athleticism. He showed that uh, he showed his agility, but then he saved Rey Mysterio's life. Ladies right. and gentlemen, we... he saved his life. Oh my God, Logan Paul, our hero. Will you be a hero, baby? I agree. Logan did great in saving Mysterio from spiking his head on that. But isn't it Logan's fault that he was one step back and should have been one step further to catch Ray in the correct position in the first place? No, Ray should have the hops. See, I don't know who to blame for that. And I don't know if there is a blame. I don't know if Ray didn't get the the springboard enough, or I don't know if, if Logan was a step out of position. I don't know. Like, Logan did great to catch him and save him on that. I'm taking nothing away from Logan on that, but it's also possible that Logan was out of place and had to make up for his mistake to, to save him on that. Like that is also a possibility on this. Like, so he covered for himself, which was, which was good. So I don't know. Look, Logan Paul was good. And imagine I'm not taking anything away. I can't take away anything. Logan Paul in any match he's been, he's been fantastic. Like he he's been fantastic throughout this run. Uh, Ray, I thought the match was a little off the start. Anyway, I thought, it looked I thought like Ray was off. That's what I'm saying. Like that's what I like, mean. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying that Ray Mysterio isn't 
a great wrestler. I'm not saying that Rey Mysterio isn't better than Logan Paul. I'm just saying in that match, Logan Paul was better than Rey Mysterio because Rey Mysterio, it just felt like he was off. No, everyone has their off days. Like it does, You don't have to be perfect in the ring every single time. And when you've been wrestling for, th- what, four decades, like Rey Mysterio, you're due. <laughs> you're due. Kevin's going to drink Prime to celebrate the Maverick. It's a good match. That was good. It was a good match. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It just Logan felt winning at the beginning, and then it got it, it got did. better. Yeah, it, it did. It did feel off, and then they they kind of picked it up as you would expect. Like it, it was an easy match to to kind of do because Logan is such a strong base, and Ray is is Ray. Um, that's why, like, when it felt a little clunky at, at the beginning, I don't know who to blame for that. I'm not inside the ring. I don't know the layout that they had. If you want to say Ray was the guy a little bit off, then then fine. Like. I could easily say that, hey, Logan forgot what the hell they were doing and, and Ray had to kind of pick it up for him there and, and you know, grab a hold, kid. Uh, so I have no idea who's to blame for things being off in the match. It was off the start. The the Moonsault spot was off. And but fortunately, they picked it up. They saved everything and it turned in to be good. Uh, they did the finish that they did with the, the brass knucks because sure and then logan was like i had to beat you i had to beat you i respect you but i had to beat you type of thing and now logan i had to to do it you know what you did now logan may or may not show up on these shows because who knows hey they 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 did a nice job of setting up challengers for him beforehand with reigniting his whole rivalry with ricochet he also had the little brief stare down with kevin owens backstage on smackdown so i like the fact that they already established that he's going to be the free agent u.s champion that can be on raw that could be on smackdown and he can have a challenger from each if, if he has a U.S. championship match at Survivor Series, I don't want to hear no complaints. He's had one more U.S. championship matchup than Roman Reigns has defended his title after Crown Jewel if he does if he does that. So I am here for Logan Paul, U.S. champion. And it's all going to end with L.A. Knight winning the title at WrestleMania. It seems to be the, the uh, theory going around is that L.A. Knight is going to win. I hope he shows up on Raw. I know Gunther comes out and is like, the hell are you doing here? And Gunther. <laughs> let's see how Logan likes wrestling. <laughs> Gunther is in there with him. Because for the most part, I'm trying to like recall in my head all of Logan's opponents. He's been facing like just super athletic guys. Or or like so who's he faced? Miz, Roman. Ray, Roman. Roman's not like hard hitting. Yeah, he is. Guy. Yeah. Eh. Not on the level of Gunther. Most of, no, 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 no. Yeah. But but he would, like, be, he would be he would be referred to as kind of like a brawler or a, Yeah, but yeah. he's he's W he's WWE brawler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely yeah, definitely. I'm definitely. talking no no I know Miz isn't like Miz is again WWE safe kind of kind of style. Yeah, he, he's basic. He's he's yeah. basic C uh, C A W. He's a basic he, C A W Seth is probably the closest of like sort of the the but Seth is also they had more of an athletic kind of match than they went out and yeah. um they went out and they did uh you his know his matches kind of this year stuff. have been mainly like athletic agile guys Seth yeah. Ricochet Ray yeah I'm talking about like guys like Gunther Drew Sheamus these dudes that are just gonna wallop you 
That's why I like the Kevin Owens uh, tease because Kevin Owens. See, is Kevin guy. Owens is a guy Logan should be facing because of Mania a few years ago. Exactly. Bring that back around. They should do that. Exactly. Like yeah. I, I, I'm totally. I am. So when they teased that, I was like, I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. I was like, I'm here. I'm here for that. And especially if you're not going to put, if you want to like completely separate Kevin from like the Judgment Day and Bloodline stories, you put him in that program for Survivor Series so he doesn't have to be in War Games. I think that it, it works as a, a double. It works double because you're you're filling it. You have a big title match for Logan Paul and you're keeping, you're separating Kevin Owens from a vortex he's been involved in for the past, what, three years now? bloodline and judgment day he had a detour where he turned heel and feuded with stone cold steve austin but other than that it's been bloodline and judgment day for the past two years or three years i don't think he's i don't think he's gonna be in the war games with judgment day and stuff i don't see no i don't think i don't think so anymore because see they've kind of like firmly established he's doing like this mint card feud with uh waller and uh theory and he should just beat theory in like two seconds and then have a halfway decent feud with waller that's how that should go. Hey, he he beat he beat Theory this week, and it seemed like should Waller was shorter. on com- commentary, kind of setting up that he's the guy that's feuding with KO. Should be, should be, should be. Uh, John Cena. Do we think this is the last of John Cena? He did the big emotional farewell. He put over Solo, and he waved goodbye to the crowd. Bless this man. Rules. When's the next time we see John Cena? SP through. What are you thinking? WrestleMania season. Uh, yeah. yeah, it feels like it. But I thought this was the best decision. I know there was a lot of people that were saying that uh, John Cena could win. I know that he was a slight underdog uh, as far as like the betting odds going into the show. But that's it was like even. It was even by the showtime. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like I, know, yeah. I know. I know. A couple of days before I checked, and he was like a small uh, underdog. But I, I, you know. Solo getting the win. I thought this was the biggest win of his career. It felt like John Cena put in a lot more of an effort than he did at WrestleMania 39 here, pulling out choke slams and stuff like that, and the little reversals. And then the way that finish was, it was the closest thing to that we've seen in a John Cena match since Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam 2014. It took what? What was it? 16 or 16 suplexes at SummerSlam 2014? Well, John Cena took 11 thumbs to the throat that SummerSlam match was a lot longer than I think people remember yeah. Cena had yeah. way more offense in that match than I think people remember like solo well, he had the offense at the beginning and then he made a late comeback and that was it like this was a lot more offense in this matchup than than the SummerSlam 2014 he at least hit the AA against yeah um, he hit it early uh, he hit it in like the first two minutes, and then Brock does the the sit up, and then he does the first laugh when he sits up after that. The SummerSlam match was wow; they were actually even. Yeah, uh, sixteen yeah, minutes. Yeah, sixteen minutes at SummerSlam. The match. The, this did not feel like a sixteen minute match. I guess the, the SummerSlam match didn't feel sixteen minutes either. Like watching it live, watching it back, is I just rewatched it. Uh, probably about a year or so ago like it felt a lot longer um yeah this match felt a lot shorter live but the SummerSlam match felt a lot shorter live too the only about 16 minutes the only part that felt long in this match was uh solo's heat segment because he he doesn't have the like the deepest arsenal and cena cena's selling has been 
hit or miss since he came back uh, for this run. But uh, yeah, I think that that was the only part that kind of dragged. But I thought the match was overall good. And I thought the finish, but I thought the finish and the angle. If this was, if I was judging this as a match, like as a, I, I, I would give it three stars. But as an angle, this was a five star angle. I think we'll see Cena back at the Rumble. I think he, he comes in at the Rumble surprise appearance. Still, kind of does something with Solo, and I don't know if you can go back to Cena and Solo, but it feels like Cena should want some type of revenge though assuming he's coming back it doesn't feel like hey cena just comes back in and then he uh he just ignores solo like it feels like you should want to kind of go after him again so maybe he eliminates solo from the rumble maybe you run back cena and solo whether it be perth or wrestlemania but solo's got to win that too i would i would think it would be mania where you have everybody from the from the bloodline lose you have jay beat jimmy you have cena beat solo and you have cody beat roman okay all right i see what you're doing there i I like that you can see that the whole bloodline comes coupling down i wanted to mention with uh tuan mac he's saying now uh he's saying oh it took solo 16 well first of all he had 11 samoan samoan spikes and cena was done after like the first one solo just had a mission Solo came in with a mission that he said beforehand. He said that he's going to make sure this is John Cena's last match. Solo could have pinned him after the first one. He got up. He got up. Maybe he would have kicked out of the first one. He's not kicking out of the second one. He wasn't going to kick out of the third one. He wasn't going to kick out of the fourth one. He's already down after the fourth one. That was it. It was over. He then picks him up and then thumbs him in the throat seven more times because he is Solo Sokoa. I am all here for Solo Sokoa, not Cody Rhodes being the one that dethrones Roman Reigns in 2027. So so how do you feel? You just mentioned that all Bloodline loses at WrestleMania. And I understand that story. But what if Solo's the one that doesn't lose? Roman loses to Cody. Jimmy loses to Jay. But Solo still beats Cena. Because I think that's the one story where you don't need you don't need a Bloodline loser. Yeah. yeah, like Cena doesn't need the win. Like I understand, yeah, Jay Jay could use the win. Cody, obviously, but like Cena doesn't need that win. Cena can lose competitive match. Like, oh, Cena still proved that he has it. He didn't get washed like he did uh in Saudi. Like he goes away for however long John Cena's gonna go away, but then he comes back and everybody's just happy to see him again. And well, he can even make mention of like I still haven't freaking won. Like I, I need something. Yeah, I, I felt like this was the right decision because I find John Cena's character so much more interesting when he's a loser. <laughs> Big giant loser, John Cena. <laughs> he, he can he can come back when again, whenever he's gonna come back after losing a solo manium, like I still have and then you can do like a Waller feud because Waller's a dude who can like take an L, but he'll get over just by doing the program with Cena type of thing because he'll just talk himself out of like i didn't lose deal like he's done a million times because they they probably beat him too much um oh i i think actually like i'm still on board of my idea of cena coming back at rumble continuing the stuff with solo i don't know if solo needs to like lose the mania match though i think there's an interesting story there if solo's the guy who wins out of the bloodline of mania and like he finally starts to ascend to take the the lala because uh, that's what really matters, not the title. Spot. Yes, yeah. this is the tribal chief spot, the tribal chief lay uh, that he wants. And I, I suggested this before SummerSlam. I suggested the finish of SummerSlam 
was that Solo was the reason that Roman beat Jay and Rikishi tries to give the lead to Solo instead of Roman at the end of the show as like a cliffhanger instead of the stupid Jimmy Uso heel turn, which he still hasn't freaking recovered from. And he's a freaking joke now. But anyway, that's a whole nother point. But I feel like Solo has options for WrestleMania 40 because you have the Cena thing that they did here, but now he feels like big enough for the challenge. And I've seen a couple of people in the chat mention it, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar doesn't have a ready-made matchup for WrestleMania 40. If you're going to have Brock at WrestleMania 40, I think there there is one person that I think they're building for that moment, and it feels like it would be solo. I feel like Gunther is another person, but I feel like Gunther would be better served going after the World Heavyweight Championship and actually putting some prestige and value behind your World Heavyweight Championship, which you have made into the opening card match uh the opening card belt on most of these shows this year made it into the banger match title i love the story with drew and seth going into that though yeah. I, I think they've done fine with this world heavyweight title nah, it was always gonna be it was always gonna be secondary though like what yes, what more but make an effort to make make me believe that people want it i don't believe people want it because it's so arbitrary of everyone Drew, you didn't believe after- drew wanted it no at least they built to drew drew was the exception to the rule shinsuke nakamura did not really pick up a lot of big wins before he started getting a shot the story was fine but it felt like a mid-card story because it was never in the main event spot and everything that judgment day was doing it felt much more important Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. The whole time I wanted Finn Balor to win because that was the more interesting story. And then the AJ Styles and Seth, that was a great matchup, but it wasn't much of a program. So, yeah. And then he's defended against against Braun Breaker after he lost against Carmelo Hayes for the NXT Championship. He he defended against Finn Balor after he just lost in a tournament against him. He defended against Damian Priest after he just lost a week before that. Like, it's he's defended against a whole bunch of damn losers. And the Drew McIntyre story is very interesting, but the whole story is about how Drew has been a loser. So, like, it's just like, this is a loser title. And then when you watch on Monday, everybody wants the Intercontinental title. Everybody wants to beat Gunther. So it's like, does anyone care that this guy's the world heavyweight champion? No, they care about the Intercontinental title. So I think that the best decision for the title is to have Gunther say, I've beaten everybody for the Intercontinental title. I want that one. I'm going to make a joke that's going to upset people now, SB3. What if they gave Finn, Priest, Nakamura, Drew a victory over Trent, and then he could have called out Seth Rollins to have a title match? Would that have made it better? Yeah, that would have been much better. Picking up crucial wins on the <laughs> rankings. Been pick- He's on a winning streak on, on WWE Dark. And then he comes on. He wins what if better. Drew beat Trent on main event and then called out Seth Rollins? <laughs> and then came on an episode of Raw and it was just like, <laughs> oh, what a shot. No, the Drew McIntyre story. Uh, with, I, I, like I said, I, I, I've I loved Drew McIntyre storytelling on Monday Night Raw. I think he's been the most interesting guy. And I thought the match with Seth Rollins was absolutely superb. It was like WWE-style 
main event babyface versus main event babyface going at it evenly matched contest you had the big near falls on the curb stomp and the claymore it's just had all the crowd invested they were into every single moment and then and seth rollins finally put it away and then the post match i thought was very well done with damian priest coming out to try to cash in and uh, Sami Zayn stopping him and then the backstage moment where rhea ripley looking at or drew like I told you so. Should have just joined the Judgment Day. We're the thing that's important, not Seth. <laughs> I, for the record, I'm with you that Judgment Day has been put on a pedestal over this title for the most of this feud. And that's been, I've said that on the show, that's been kind of my issue with it as well. I thought the Drew story was very well done, though. And now I'm very interested to see where Drew kind of goes after this because he has lost once again in this big moment after talking about, you know, coming in to, to win this title. So I I'm very interested in that. Does he join up with judgment day or does he still have some reserves with that? You know, we'll, we'll see uh, where they go with drew and everything, you know, set this still the champion still got judgment day looming. Sammy has the briefcase. Now uh, I hope, I hope we get like priest and them going to Adam Pierce. Like, can I get my briefcase back? Like, we should care about stolen property and wrestling, SP3. We should care about it. Not enough people care when stuff is stolen or stuff is being broken into in wrestling. They just Word. You, you, don't get, you don't get suspended for trying to break in and try to suffocate a child with a T-shirt? What are we doing? That is like crime, ladies and gentlemen. You got somebody walking around with a triple B who doesn't own it. There's this lawless thing, and now you got Sami Zayn running around Saudi Arabia with a damn briefcase. Uh, real quickly, I'm going to get to the super chat from Will. It says, Cena only put Theory over because Vince had a hard on for Theory. Like, I don't know the reasoning, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, that seems that seems accurate. <laughs> I think Cena, I think Cena, you know, obviously saw the comparisons between himself and Theory and was like, okay, let's see what he's got. And again, he went out there. He said it. He's like, I, everything I said to him out there, I told him I was going to say. It is up to him to respond to that. His response was non-existent. It sucked. Theory is not ready for this spot. He's never been ready for this spot. Cena knows it. And Cena wasn't going to have any of it. At WrestleMania, what? What? Especially what? in front of, leave a thumbs up. Especially in front of, look at Jesus, the, the fireworks, the, the, the popping the fireworks here. Because they know John Cena, the GOAT, understood the assignment of get Austin Theory the hell out of here. Don't put him over. Just get him out. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yo, he, this, poor, this poor guy, all he wanted to do was feud with his hero. This is like the definition. This is the wrestling definition of never meet your heroes. Right. That, Cena... this, this was it. This was it. Speaking of Seth Rollins, I don't know if we were speaking. We weren't really speaking of him, but speaking of Seth Rollins, he had a busy weekend in not only beating Drew McIntyre in a really great match. uh, He hates football because the Bears lost again, but he told William Ospreay that the water is warm after Ospreay did eye emojis after the Seth Rollins retains post. Well, Ospreay had a busy weekend as well, having a banger match against Shota Imeno at New Japan Power Struggle to retain the IWGP US UK championship and then confronted John Moxley and then David Finlay attacked both men and smashed the titles. The story here is kind of Will Ospreay. 
one, the match with Shota, which I'm sure we can praise, but praising matches is, you know, five stars, six stars. Great. That's my job. That's my job. Yeah. That's my job. Yeah. Will Ospreay. And, uh, you know, it's kind of WWE tease here. And we know as a free agent in February, we know he's going to defend the title at, at Wrestle Kingdom. Is that going to be the New Japan swan song for Will Ospreay? It seems so. It does. It does very much seem so. I don't know if the destination is WWE. Uh, I I did. I did think that you know it was pretty obvious the the matchup he would be watching at Crown Jewel would be Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre, two guys that he has a whole bunch of history with, and two guys that would be a part of probably the negotiation for Will Osprey to come into WWE. Is you got this matchup with Seth? You've been building for the past four years on social media. You got this. Matchup with Drew McIntyre, who you who you worked with on the independent scene when he was over there. AJ Styles, your hero is here. Like they have all this things to tantalize uh Will Ospreay. And the water is very warm right now because WWE is red hot. They are on top of the industry. And if you want to be on top of the industry, like Will Ospreay always says he wants to be, there's no better place to do that than WWE. Because if you make it to the top of WWE and you be number one, you're number one in the whole entire wrestling world and there is no debate on who's the best wrestler in the world so i understand all of those things and you know like i said it's my job to praise matches that will osprey versus shoto amino match wasn't just a banger it was one of the best matches of the year i had to watch it back just before we started this this show because i was just like nah i was up early it was like what 8 a.m in the morning when i'm watching this i'm a little sleepy i woke up early and stuff man i need to watch it again yo then when this match goes to the next gear when uh osprey super kicks shoto aminu in the face a second time and busts his nose open and spits in his face and shoda kicks him drop kicks him back and then checks his face and he's just like wait wait wait, that's not spit that that's my blood and then he just like he's like yo i was like he got that dog in him i was like he went to that next level oh my god shoto aminu i was so proud of him he had the facial expressions he had the crowd with them he was just on fire this was just a guy you saw a young guy who just went to the next level before our eyes and against the best wrestler in the world and so many great moments like Shota pulling out the os cutter on osprey osprey driving Shota through through the two tables one of the vicious table spots where the like i think Shota's the back of Shota's head hits the edge of the table when it breaks it was like vicious it was like how is he still wrestling and then the sequences how fast they were going at it and oh my god my favorite moment of the whole entire matchup that popped me so much almost almost woke up my wife who was taking a, a nap earlier this morning watching it again is when Shoto Mino hits a, hits uh Osprey with the death rider Osprey gets up sells it and then says no Hidden blade, boom! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I was like, oh my god! This is wrestling. This is wrestling. This is like I would say it's like if this matchup probably went past a lot of the Osprey match. I think only the Omega matches and the Naito match in the G1 I can honestly say are better than this. This is as good as his matchup with Zack Saber Jr. I think it's actually better than the speedball matchup, which I absolutely love from Bound for Glory. But Will Ospreay, you literally have a list of 
top 10 matches where he has like had five stars or more than that to most people. Like it is amazing this year. Like at this point, I don't think there's any question who's getting my wrestler of the year vote. Who's getting the best in ring worker of the year vote. Will Ospreay has it. And that's what makes this free agency so intriguing. And it's been like, uh, Tony Khan for the past two years has laid out the red carpet and had Will Ospreay had the biggest win on the biggest stages, beating Chris Jericho in Wembley Stadium, beating Kenny Omega in one of the greatest AEW matches of all time at Forbidden Door. It makes you feel like they're going to put out the big money, but WWE wants to take that from them, and they want to they want to always put themselves above AEW right now. And then there's also Will Ospreay's loyal, and maybe New Japan does have a shot to bring him back. Then there's also the TNA option for him, and he had a great match with Eddie Edwards on uh, Friday on Turning Point when it aired. I know it taped the week before that, but that was another great matchup. No one's going to talk about that because of the Shotomino match, but yeah, he's, he's just having so many spectacular matches that he feels like the hottest commodity, the hottest free agent at a time when... We, we don't know if two months from now, the current AEW world champion is still going to be contracted with the company, yet Will Ospreay is the guy we're talking about. Where do you think Ospreay ends up? Uh, it's uh, kind of two questions. Where do you think he ends up, and where would you like to see him? Where do I think he ends up? I'm going to say AEW. Okay. Where would I like him to end up? I'm going to say New Japan because I'm a New Japan fan, first of all. Like, that's my favorite promotion in the world. It's the promotion that really kept me liking professional wrestling in, like, the mid-2010s especially. Uh, And I feel like Will Ospreay, with the year that he had this year, if, if if he ever has a chance to duplicate that, it would be with New Japan. New Japan is a place he can work in New Japan and have these big matches and work with these young stars and these established stars and have these five-star matches on these big shows. But he can also go to England and work the Rev Pro and have classic matches there with like the Luke Jacobs, the Leon Slaters of the world versus Shingo Takagi out of nowhere on 11-year anniversary. He could go to TNA and work with Speedball. He's going to work with Josh Alexander on an episode of Access TV. He worked with Eddie Ed. Edward. He go to AEW and work the Forbidden Doors and work with Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. I feel like New Japan is the the spot. If I'm a fan of Osprey, that's what I want to see him because I want to see him try to duplicate what he did this year. And I didn't think he was going to duplicate what he did the year before that. I didn't think he was going to do it again the year before that. So I think that that's the best place for him. But I think he's going to land in AEW. I think he lands in AEW as well. I want to see him in WWE. I want to see what that looks like. And I think he, Joel and I talked about this before. I think he signs like a three-year deal or something with AEW. He's 30 right now. That puts him at 33. His value is still going to be pretty high at 30. It's going to be higher. It's going to be higher at 33 with a run. I think so. Unless he gets injured. That's the injury is the only thing that stops him from getting more money than what they would offer him now. He gets three years in AEW. WWE will give him even more. There's injuries. There's questions of where AEW is going to be in three years. They could be, I feel like they're going to ascend. I think they're in a dead period right now or cold period, not dead period. Uh, I think they're in a cold period right now, but they'll, they'll be better in three years. And I agree that he probably will be higher, but 
it's at a feels like an all time high right now. So it's tough for me to be like, yeah, three years from now, it's going to be even better. I want to see him in WWE because I think that's the challenge. I don't, I don't think AEW is a challenge. You go to AEW, you continue to have great matches. You work with people who are not limited. You work with people who a lot of you've worked with before. And you just continue to have these five-star matches and everything, right? Like, it's not it's not bad. I'm not saying, hey, don't go out there and do these five-star matches and stuff. WWE is the challenge. And I was, I was thinking about this last night of... I don't put a lot of stock into star ratings and everything. It's not my cup of tea. It's just not. But when you look at it, Osprey has like 15 five-star matches or something. 31, probably we saw 32 on Saturday. Wait, five-star matches? 30s? 32. He has has seven more than everyone else. Kenny Omega, Masawa. All those guys have like they're in the the mid mid twenties. You think I'm lying to you? I'm no 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 no. no. I don't think you're lying at all. That's not that's not me saying you're lying. It's me questioning where I got my information from previously. You're you're probably just talking about this year. Maybe I'm talking about overall. Oh, higher than no. I was thinking of higher than five star matches. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um. Yeah, he's had 14 higher than five star matches. So sorry, that's that's uh, I misread what I was actually looking up. Yes, I guess 31 just five star matches. 32, um, now. 32. Yeah, after <laughs> after this. One. Okay. So so here's my point. He's had 14 matches that are greater than five star. He's probably gonna. This was probably 15 as well. <laughs> I was just counting five stars, but the Melton probably would go go over five with uh, the Shoto Amino match. But yeah, I, I I don't I don't agree with that though. I think that the oh wait, one second. Let me let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. He's he's had that many five star matches, right? Again, I'm not saying these are the end all be all. WWE has had 18 five star or better <laughs> matches in their entire existence. It's 18. Will Ospreay doubles what almost doubles what they have done in their entire existence. And this is why, again, I don't put a whole lot of stock into it because it's all subjective and whatnot. But I think that like, it's the challenge of, can you go in there and do this? Can you maintain that level? Can you have these kind of matches with some of these restrictions? Can you be a television star? We know we could be a great wrestler. Can he be a week-to-week television star? Now, I think you can prove that in AEW, mind you. Because I had those same questions about Kenny Omega uh, when you know AEW came on. Like, yeah, we know Kenny Omega can have great matches. Can he be a week-to-week television star? He, For the most part, he's done that. The Young Bucks, have they been week-to-week television stars? I don't know. I think that's questionable. So, no, but no, they were be... they were when they were heels, but they yeah. haven't they haven't found that formula with them as baby faces. Like I I, I think that's the real challenge. I don't think AEW is so much as of a challenge for him because he's going to be booked of just great match guy. And that's going to happen. It'll, there'll be some substance to there. I'm not going to completely just be like, hey, AEW does no substance on stuff. AEW has stories. We, we talk about them. But like, it ain't the kind of good or bad. I mean, now it's kind of getting into some WWE storylines. Um, but it ain't the kind of stories all the time that WWE is going to do. Can you go out there and have a 10-minute match? People are going to be mad about this. Can you go out there and have a 10-minute match against The Miz? Can you do that? Like, And what does that look like? 
I think that's a real challenge for people. And I don't know if it's good or bad, but I that's the challenge. I don't know if there's a challenge in AEW or New Japan. It feels like, I know he hasn't signed to AEW, hasn't been signed to AEW, but he's been on their television enough to where it feels like I know what that looks like for the most part. I don't know what Will Ospreay in WWE looks like. It was the same questions we all had when AJ Styles came to WWE. Yeah. It was like, oh, what does w- AJ Styles look like in WWE? And for a while it was, you know, it was a little iffy and who knows, but like AJ Styles adapted. He's done great work in WWE. And now people are like, oh yeah, AJ Styles is kind of just a, a seamless guy in WWE. For other guys, it doesn't work. Nakamura has certainly been a guy that's been very hit and miss. Some of the presentation has been good. Other stuff has been not so good. I think Osprey in WWE is a challenge, but if he's going to thrive, now is kind of the time under the Triple H banner where he definitely has a little bit more care into this stuff and will probably take off a little bit more restrictions than, you know, Vince. Like, I don't know if Vince wants Osprey walloping his guys with that that hidden blade because that thing can look vicious. I don't know how well it gets everybody with it, but it looks like he murders everyone with this thing you know i don't know the behind the head one the real yeah. hidden blade yeah like i don't know if that's gonna be uh, a thing so i think that that's the challenge is wwe that's why i want to see I, him in wwe i think that the challenge is to be as big of a star as you can be without wwe i think that's okay. the biggest challenge in wrestling more than more than someone who's been a five-star machine going to WWE and adapting to that is how big of a star. Like, I don't think that we would view Kenny Omega and his legacy in professional wrestling the same if he had signed back with WWE in 2018. I think that the reason why in my mind and some other people's mind, I don't know, y'all can tell me, I view Kenny Omega on a higher plane than AJ Styles. Because a Kenny Omega has achieved so much okay. without ever making that move, without right. ever making that move, and really like he created something that we never thought was possible—a second competitor league—and for Will Osprey to come in at a time when the second competitor league has probably the greatest roster of all time, and him to come in and eclipse the Kenny Omegas and eclipse the MJFs and eclipse the Jay Whites and eclipse the guys on the rise like a Swerve Strickland and become the number one guy there and make his star as big as possible. And like you said, sign a three-year deal. Or I've seen the chat, people said sign a five-year deal. I think at that time that he's 33 years old and 35 years old, what he can accomplish in AEW in raising his star power, because his star power is here at a certain level right now with just a few appearances on AEW it could skyrocket even more when he's a top guy consistently on TV with AEW where I believe without injury when he's 33 35 years old and his deal with AEW is done WWE will come calling and probably come calling with more money because WWE don't push anybody below 35 years old I will wait when you when you say someone that has a penis and has been pushed before they were 35 in WWE at a high level. I wait. Outside of Roman Reigns. There's Roman Reigns and there's John Cena of the last 30 years. Grayson Waller's 33. And he's a (laughs) mid-carder. Where I'm talking about their main event stars. Name me a main event star. Or who is even getting started on their main event push. Like Damian Priest, 40 years old? Like, Like that's LA Knight? Like the guys on the rise are all in their 40s. Logan Paul is 28. 
he's a he's a he's a special attraction, not a main eventer. He's the U.S. champion who has main evented a mid card title, and not even the good mid card title. <laughs> Dominic Mysterio. He's in every main event angle in the world. He's in every main event angle, but he got what? A developmental title. <laughs> what are Still we talking about? Pushed. Here? Still pushed in the main event. Uh, push. uh, as the as the as the fourth member of the main event table. <laughs> he is the Xbox of the Judgment Day. You can't just like dismiss Rhea Ripley as not being pushed as a main event star, though. Uh, Rhea Rip. No, no, I said, I said, yeah. outside, of, outside. Of, no, the women, the women, they do push as main event stars. Both lower they are thirty five because they know by the time they're thirty five. Okay, well, is it, okay, so isn't this a challenge for Will Osprey to come in and be that guy? Why is that not a challenge? Oh, that's, I'm that's gonna be it. the that's guy that you need to push that fits this set of parameters of under forty. In a main event guy under thirty five, I'm, I'm not even asking under forty. I think that's that's that that'd be like. Isn't that a challenge easy. for Will Osprey again? That's why I think that's the challenge for Omega. It was different. I do agree with you. Omega's star, like from outside perspective, was bigger. But Omega helped found a company alongside the Bucks and Cody Rhodes. Osprey's coming into the company. His legacy. I don't know. Will Ospreay's legacy is one of the greatest, maybe the greatest in-ring worker of all time. That doesn't change in AEW. It's already there. It it gets bigger because he just has great matches, but that's not a challenge to, to me. Challenge. It's not. It it's is. not a challenge to be, okay, be the biggest star outside of WWE. He's already a big star outside of WWE. If he wasn't, we wouldn't be talking about him like this. There wouldn't be this interest true? from this WWE. He's already... He it can be start. the driver. He may be the difference maker. That brings us another boom period for AEW. That's a challenge too. When you're the number two and you get somebody and they can bring you up to be the competitive number two when you're when you're cold right now, that's a challenge too. It is a challenge. It's not a bigger challenge than the WWE challenge. I think it is. I think it is right now because I think really? that the AEW's image and perception is as low as it's ever been. Osprey's part of that, though. No, he's not. He's not part of that. I mean, he's he's wrestled enough in AEW. He's wrestled. He's won more matches than Daniel Garcia has this year, and Daniel Garcia is getting a main event, a world title match. This is this is also true. I don't get any of that stuff. But <laughs> but Will Osprey is a New Japan Pro Wrestling talent. He has been NJPW, and he's been the probably the the biggest outsider that AEW has brought in, but he's not AEW and he's not part of AEW. And he's definitely not part of AEW being cold right now or the image and perception being as low as it's ever been. Okay. I'm going to respond to this because now we're doing the, I don't like waffles. So I must love pancakes bit here. Never said it's not a challenge to be the best wrestler. So it doesn't take hard work and effort to be the best. It does. I've never dismissed Will Ospreay's in-ring talent. I literally just called him maybe the greatest in-ring performer of all time. I'm saying the bigger challenge is to go to WWE and keep that up and prove you can do this in that type of system. It, anything Will Ospreay does is a challenge. Okay, wrestling Stepping inside of a wrestling ring is a challenge. Let's not say, let's, let's yes, I hate Will Ospreay, apparently. Again, let, let's not negative everything just because I'm trying to highlight something else here. 
Let's, well, let's you know, that's what have a little bit fans, more decorum than that. Wrestling fans tend to do. I saw earlier when uh, people people were saying when I was criticizing WWE, like, oh, well, AEW, the women's division hasn't been one up. That's yeah. what wrestling fans do. They do I that. Know. What aboutism is like? I can't talk about this one. I can't just focus here. I think that's a that's an issue without throughout wrestling that we can't just focus on one promotion, criticize it, praise it without comparing it or what about ism with another promotion it's crazy to me i've never yeah. experienced this as a kid that grew up and used to go have my remote in my hand every monday turning back and forth between wcw and wwf after over the weekend staying up till 1 a.m on a saturday watching ecw and then talking to all my friends about whatever promotion they were talking about at the time and not having the well what about this or what about that it's literally it's literally just social media era stuff again i always point to the somebody tweets i like pancakes and the immediate response is so you hate waffles it's like no it has nothing to do with waffles like let's not put words in my mouth on this stuff let's not put words in anybody's mouth on this stuff uh wilterism says i'll say gunther versus osprey got me pumping my fist yeah you can have good matches in wwe Um, i want to see it just put it in uh, YouTube. You probably will see it. Um. Anyway, you actually can. Um, yeah, you actually like, can. like, like, it's very. It's, it's like very, the first very, thing that very pops up. easily accessible to see that matchup and see that matchup without restrictions. I'm sorry. Um. Like, like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not going to be the same matchup that you saw here, and it's also not going to be the same matchup because both guys have gotten better. But yeah, but yeah. We, we, we I, I understand. Number- I understand any any type of W. There's like eight or eight or ten. WWE matches with Will Ospreay that gets me excited though. I understand. But Gunther's a guy. Gunther's a guy that everyone was like, "Oh, he'll never work in WWE. He'll never work. It's not going to work." And look at sure. him. Look at him. Look how well it, it has worked. Like Gunther yeah. is another one of those guys that I don't know what these people want. I don't know if Gunther saw this as like I'm going to prove it, it's not going to work. Yeah, I could just stay here and have these great matches in in uh, Europe forever. I'm going to go here to WWE and prove that I can do it, and it's worked. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if that was his mindset. It might have just been the money. Money talks. Uh, but like it has worked for Gunther. That's what I'm interested in. This is just me personally. Here, and here's Caden who says, Osprey is my favorite wrestler ever. Only place I don't want him in WWE. I don't uh, see him keeping certain moves that make him special to me. Definitely selfish though. And that's completely fine. I understand if people just want to see him in AEW having great matches. I have no problem with that. I want to see him and Brian Danielson. I do. Absolutely. That's 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 the, that's the matchup I want to see the most in wrestling, like in wrestling period. Like I had someone say, tell me, ask me, um, who currently in wrestling has had the year that Will Osprey has had outside of like Kenny Omega? They asked me, and I, my immediate answer was the short answer is Gunther, the long answer is Brian Danielson. So the two people I want to see Will Osprey face the most is those two. Yeah, like I want to see him against brian danielson there's no shortage i want to see the third match against omega which may or may not happen uh before the the new it might happen at world's end i'm not fully ruling that out no um, i don't it's not you don't think so i don't okay. think so i don't think i so. thought it was going to be wrestle kingdom but you know they're doing no. No, I, and I, now. I literally i knew it wasn't going to be that after royal quest when they did the angle to uh, yeah up, yeah Shoto Aminu and yeah. they did the the angle to set up John Moxley versus Great Okan. I like going into Power Struggle. I was like, 
okay, so you're going to do Osprey versus Moxley at, at Wrestle Kingdom because it makes sense. The story's there. It, like, writes itself because Will Ospreay has stood across the ring from some of the best AEWs had to offer in the, in the last two years. Dax Harwood, Orange Cassidy, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho. There's only one guy from AEW he did not beat when he stood across the ring from them. That's John Moxley. His first run as U.S. champion. Who ended it? John Moxley. And it was in controversial fashion. I thought that it just wrote itself. And that was the perfect match for New Japan to book. And then they, and then they added David Finley. <laughs> they wanted to punch Finley again. Okay, but how much How much did they put, put it on Finley? Oh, who is oh, this? Oh, dear Lord. Oh, no. Where, where's the pop? <laughs> there we go i got one there you go got fireworks. fireworks i got well why are we talking about people named finley on this show david finley is going to be in a three-way with john moxley and will Osprey, and he's gonna pin them like he's daniel bryan and edge and he's roman reigns i guarantee it awesome. there we go there's a One of my favorite members of the Finley family, David. Yeah, you. <laughs> I didn't Him know and Hornswoggle. <laughs> Why is Joel not on the show? Uh, oh, he didn't like my want me around. I'll, so I'll leave. Him. I'll leave, Sean. You no, I'm just wondering why Joel isn't at work. I'm just wondering why he's not at work. He got banned because he made fun of me for singing Creed, so I didn't allow him on the show. You know what? That's understandable. I support this decision. Thank you. Thank you. SP3, um, what's your favorite Creed song? Oh, it's My my Sacrifice. What is it? My Sacrifice. Always. Always. It's a good one. I I sang that in in Chicago during All All Out Weekend. Oh, yeah. Jim Amica has has nightmares about it. Apparently, I picked up a vinyl from Walmart and it was Creed Greatest Hits, and I jokingly was about to buy it. And then I looked at the back, and I said, "I'm not jokingly buying this anymore. I'm sincerely buying this now." Yeah. It's like slappers. Yeah. They do. I want to go see them in concert, and uh, no one will go. Chris Chris Bordon with me. Chris Bordon said he would go. I'm down. I'm from Cincinnati. You didn't ask me. Okay, if they're in Cincinnati, I'll go. Oh, I don't know where they're coming. The three doors uh, down. Yeah, this one, I need a Creed Nickelback like tour. Mm. This is all I want in life. Listen, I got to be on board with the Nickelback hate. They oh, suck. You guys are it's, true haters. It's butt rock. It is absolute butt it's rock. So good. No, it's good. Now listen, I, I want to say this: their first album was really, really good. I hate to sound like a hipster, but um. I think it was Curb. Oh man, that was a kick-ass album. Leader of Men, uh, Breathe. Those are those are really, really good, good-ass songs. And then they figured out their formula. And listen, some bands figure out their formula. Sugar, Sugar Ray figured out their formula. Another it just so song. happened that Sugar Ray's formula was better than the old stuff that they did when they were, you know, trying to be a metal band. What what Nickelback did was not not as good. Not nearly as ruled. They figured it out. They just the game is about making money, and they made the money. That's their first album was Curb. Their second album was The State. That's the one that had Leader of Men and Breathe on it. Mm. Sorry about that. Look at this this guy. He had to correct himself. 
You're up early, Sean. I know you're up late too. I was very surprised to see you up early. Uh, I've been up for a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, Doing very surprising thing. for you. Training for this huge, very serious match that I have against Shaz and McKenzie. How are you preparing for it? <clears throat> Do a lot of steroids mainly. <laughs> you doing cocaine? Steroids and soma primarily. Um, you know, I, I want to be a real wrestler. That's the thing. A lot of people are. So I'm, I'm doing my best to uh, do that. I'm going to complain about my booking a little bit. I got to find someone in the media to complain about my booking too, because I can't just complain to myself. So I don't know. Hey, we'll do it. We'll do an interview. We'll do an interview on True Hill Heat. We're doing. No, I got, I got Ryan Satin's number. Fuck y'all. Oh, well, um, <laughs> fuck you then. Fair. Wifeful. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a media call with Sean Rossap and Shaza at some point before this match. We'll we'll have a time and a date to announce when we figure out the logistics. I I had a bunch of skits planned and they all went terribly. Do you guys want to hear about some of them? Yes. (laughs) So one of them, Shaza was open to, because I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret, guys. It's a work. Shaza and I are friends. Wow, Kayfabe dead, brother. Oh my god. We're gonna do a podcast we afterwards. She doesn't know this, but we're doing a podcast afterwards, like Denise and I did about how all this shit unfolded. But we had started planning this months ago, but it took me months to even get cleared by a doctor to be like, Yeah, you can bump. So one of them that I had planned was I was going to be in a parking lot, a, a concrete parking lot with the JBL hat and jacket on like he was in the border storyline. I was going to say, I'm here at the Australia American border. It is surprisingly landlocked and it would pan out and I would be in an outback state steakhouse parking lot. (laughs) And uh, I'd be like, I know she goes back and forth across this border. And when she does, I'll be waiting for her. And she was just going to walk behind me in a kangaroo suit with uh, nobody like me going full Elmer Fudd and not noticing. She was like, we might get canceled. Uh, (laughs) You might get canceled. (laughs) That's what she said. And then pretty much what I did is a lot of what happened with MJF. Uh, (laughs) Like I said, way more offensive stuff. (laughs) Um, I was going to have one where I tried to get MJF to teach me the kangaroo kick. Uh, Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But my favorite one. And unfortunately, I did not hear back about this, but you were going to see me on the phone with somebody. And I was going to be like, listen, I need some fucking steroids for this match. And it would pan out and I'd be talking to Marco Stunt. (laughs) (laughs) Like some really good stuff I had planned and none of it worked out. You are trying to get yourself canceled, aren't you? (laughs) You are. Pretty much. Listen. Sean, you can't blow your nose without people think you're doing coke. Like you were trying to do skits. I was straight edge for like 20 years. Like when so someone asked my wife, they're like, Oh my god, the video of your, your husband, he was doing cocaine. She's like, What are you talking about? She messaged me about this. Yeah. I was like, What if people if people knew the I mean, I've never even drank before. There you go. But 
at this point, I just realize that people are going to pretend to be bothered by everything. Yes. Um, Simon Miller slept like a baby this weekend, by the way. After his I asked the hard hitting questions to Simon Miller and asked him if he had like any reservations about doing this match because of everything you were going through. And Simon's like, no, not really. Like I'm just content creator guy. So like I think people know I'm, I do this silly stuff. So yeah. Brian Alvarez, John Alba, Riccatino. All fine. They're, yep. they're all, they're all fine. They, they, they never, they never get canceled. Tom Lawler, that that untrained POS, it just goes back and forth between media and wrestling. Jeff Jarrett, what is he? You he know, does this podcast every single week. Matt Hardy. Well, listen, Hardy I, I, I will say online. a little bit different. I think I think we lost the plot there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we sort of lost the plot there, but. Yeah, uh, we're going to raise some good money for uh, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Uh, I saw some uh, fucking stupid people say, well, what does that mean? You can't donate hot dogs to NAMI. Well, actually, you can. They do cookouts, barbecues, NAMI walks, all kinds of supportive shit for people. So uh, you can donate a lot of different things. I'm going to have some sponsors for this show as well that will be donating directly to NAMI as well. So it won't just be like, whatever little payout I was going to get. Whenever I do this stuff, I'm going to procure sponsors. I'm going to stop talk to our sponsors as well. And listen, I got to say this. If it isn't an absolute trash fire, I'm going to do it again just to troll people. <laughs> I'm going to do it again just to mess with people. Because listen, I don't know if I'm any good at doing this anymore. I have no idea. Zero clue. I'm going to find out what everybody else finds out. So... Sean, what the people really want to know. You said you're going to complain about your booking. I'm going to complain about mine. How how am I getting involved in this? I'm going to be there. I I, I want to no, throw know. throw a punch. I probably potato one of you, but like I got to get involved, right? Like I I got to get my shit in for this match. Um. So how are we working me into this match? Mm. I'll do the big mask reveal and get less yeah, of one a of pop your kids you pop on Shaza at this point. That'd be great. We could, yeah, yeah. We could. We I could would be kids. very supportive of that. Actually, <laughs> um, bring me some. One very of the kids knows how weapons. to work. I've taught one of the kids how to work. So okay, can, uh, hit some. I need to like teach an RKO. Me. It's been a while for me. <laughs> that was a good um, RKO. There you go. Gave me a concussion off of a headbutt. So clearly, it has the Goldberg style down. There you go. You need him. You need him. I did get a concussion training for this match. Yeah, <laughs> a, a while back, um, that did happen. That. that is why, <laughs> there, and that's why I've been actually in a gym multiple times uh, over the past few months. But can you teach me the psychosis leg drop? Yeah, A Shock brings up the psychosis leg drop. I do have a, a good leg drop off of a, a chair onto a pillow pad. So maybe. Maybe. Hayden says, I'll be your bump boy. Haven't you heard? I've got bump hookups already. <laughs> there you go. Everybody wants to bump for, for Sean. You're there getting... You Why are you not signed to the NWA? That's the real question. That, that's the real question. He interviews <laughs> Billy Corrigan once and then How developed that. That? that was one of the dumbest ass things I've ever seen. Listen, I just did an ECW on TNN rewatch. So I see like Sinister Minister did that all the time. Like, if you go back and you watch the stuff that made it on the TNN, you were like, huh? How did that happen? Like, it was it was insane. Like, very similar to that. But 
here's here's my conspiracy theory. CW, Prestige Network, has a show called F Boy Island. One of the best shows, honestly, of all time. Oh, it used to be pivoting to Jesus. <laughs> it used to be on uh, Max, but it's CW picked up F Boy Island, where it's just drunk people. And look, you can you can figure out what the whole premise is based on the title. But they have a Jose Cuervo sponsorship because they make sure to put that thing out there. I think they were not offended by the Coke; they were offended by the Jack Daniels. They are a Fair. they are a tequila network, and they were drinking whiskey on nwa i think that was the real issue and that's what i'm running with everybody take that nick houseman with your (laughs) with your sources run that one sean Um, what are you what are you doing today well i'm confirming this report now that wwe does have interest in julia oh okay i mean they just decided to you know you know we'll sign everybody in japan hopefully (laughs) If we go after after every top uh, Joshi wrestler, we'll get one of them. I'm pretty sure we will. Yep. There you go. Mariah May. Do they have any interest in Mariah Mariah May? May. They they did. I don't know if they still, I don't know what the situation is there. Yeah. Well, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your day, Sean. The Bengals won last night. I know I'm going to do a common Bengals W stream. I was there striped the jungle. That was a cool little uh, thing they did. I saw a lot of photos. You had the nice overhead photo. Yeah, 15 yards for pointing is stupid. Good. I'm glad. They should have gave him 30. All right. They won, right? The, the Bengals won. Yeah. So you can you can remove your being mad at Josh Allen. Oh, no, I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at it at all. But good. I wish they would have given him 60 yards. You gotta admit that, like, it was a good pump fake. The point running in. Okay, like, I just want to say this: No, it wasn't a good pump fake. <laughs> it was not a good pump fake in any way, shape, or form. Because I am in section two forty nine, and I say, "Don't jump on this pump fake out loud," <laughs> because you never leave your feet on a pump fake, especially from Josh Allen. Because guess what, Josh Allen does pump fakes. Three yards in front of the line of scrimmage <laughs> like this. He's not throwing the ball ever when he does that. Stop doing it. You're better off just letting him throw it. It's going to be an interception like 50% of the exactly. time. <laughs> or he'll just throw the ball. He'll go full Lonely Island and throw it on the ground. Yeah. That's all he'll do. <laughs> and why an NFL team hasn't picked that up for an incomplete pass song, I don't know why. They, they really should. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day, Sean. Find them over at Common Bengals W. Fightful Select. Yes. Confirming. Backstage report today. News. Bye. Bye. There we go. Sean Rossap. I don't remember what we were talking about before. Not Sean Rossap. <laughs> Jumped in. We were here. talking about Will Ospreay. Yes. People were mad because I said Will Ospreay is. I'd like him to go to WWE, and that's a challenge, which means nowhere else is a challenge. So people are mad. I, I, I got people mad at me, messaging me to stop slandering Rey Mysterio. Anonymous oh, I know who that message is from. <laughs> in the weeds, general manager told me, told me I'm getting fined and suspended. And you won't see me on in the weeds for the rest of 2023 because of what I had to say. I know who that message is from. Uh, WWE Raw tonight. Only two things announced so far. We have Bronson Reed. 
Ivar, Ricochet, and Miz uh, vying to face Gunther. Miz is going to win. It's going to rule because people are going to be upset. And then uh, we have Shinsuke Nakamura against Tazawa. Ivar might, he might win it just because I think they think Gunther, and it is, Gunther and Ivar is like a cool match to do. So I, I, he might win for that, but Miz is where the story is. And that's why it feels like this is a Miz victory. Is that the series? Miz versus. See, they didn't announce, like, I don't think they announced when they would, uh, when they were doing the match. If it is Survivor Series, then Miz makes more sense because that's where the story is. If it's just like a next week thing, and like I'm fine with Ivar winning and just let's do a let's do a cool Gunther and Ivar match next week that set it up. Ivar's been on a run too. Like he's been yeah. beating people. So it, it makes sense. Um and then Nakamura and Sazawa. We'll have Fallout from Crown Jewel. Road to War Games was officially confirmed during Crown Jewel. So we know we're getting that. They most likely gonna be Judgment Day against uh Sammy, Cody, Jay, and Drew. Maybe or or is it Judgment Bloodline versus? I don't think. uh, Maybe I mean yeah maybe Jimmy and Solo you throw L A Knight on the babyface side. Possible, possible. So yeah, or Cena if Cena's still around if the strike is still going on. Cena should just show up regardless. Rules. (laughs) Show Cena. The goat. The goat. That's for all tonight, everybody. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot announced uh, for Raw. Nope. Oh, they announced Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland against the Righteous and Lance Archer for Collision. So what? Yeah. What they 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 did they did that already? Like I thought they were actually that was gonna they were actually gonna build to that. I was interested in Snake coming up with his own his own band to go after Sting during his retirement run. Well, now they're gonna lose to Sting, Darby, and Copeland, and then we'll see what comes of them after that. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Well, Joel and I will talk more about AEW on Wednesday. They're back, SP3. They're back. It is a rough week, but now they got cool matches on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They do. Yeah. They do. I'm I'm excited for Wednesday. I think the lineup is very interesting. MJF. It's one of the best lineups they've ever done. It's a pay-per-view quality lineup, you know. I said that all on Wednesday. I said set you up for that one. But yes. I'm excited for a dynamite. Uh, Dynamite, I'm sure they'll Tony will announce some other big match for Dynamite. He'll bring in Osprey to do some match, I'm sure. Maybe they'll do Osprey and Moxley. I, I really match. want them to do Okada and Claudio for full gear now. Now that Brian has challenged uh, Okada at Power Struggle for Wrestle Kingdom 18. They I think they gotta deliver on Claudio and, and Okada. Like it feels like they should deliver on that. Claudio looks like a Looks like he just is a fucking failure as a friend, though, of like loses to Orange and then it might lose to Okada, lose to Okada. after that. Yeah. <laughs> like, thanks for thanks for avenging me, buddy. You got your you lost both matches. Thanks, man. Hey, hey, Moxley will avenge the, cl- the yeah. orange part. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Oh. We shall see. Uh, I do. I'm with you though. I would like to see Okada and, and Claudio um, at some point. Like, let that happen. Caden uh, saying Okada and Osprey against Brian and Moxley at World's End. I don't know if you're beating any of these dudes. That's the problem. Like, you got to yeah. protect. And Okada and, and Osprey teaming up together makes no type of yeah. sense. And this is why I tell you all the time, Caden, stop doing star ratings and stop doing fantasy bookings because. <laughs> 
I don't know. Like that's the whole point. Like that's what we were on before Sean came on. It's like we ain't getting Osprey and Moxley because Osprey, we don't know what his future is. And you know, Mox is obviously an AEW guy, but like if Osprey decides he ain't sticking around a uh New Japan or AEW, like he probably didn't want to lose that match going out. And then, yeah. you know, who knows what is or he might not want to he might the victory might not be there for him because he might not be sticking around. That's why it feels like Finley's just gonna like somehow win this thing. He's about to how. he's about to be Roman to their edge and Brian. I'm telling you, he's about to stack them and rack them and beat them both. Uh and uh, and no, no, yes. no, no. Finley, Finley, I think Finley takes the I think Finley takes the loss. Like they're just fine no, beating he's, Finley. He, no, he's beating both. You think Finley's winning? He's winning. Just for a new title. I think I, I think Moxley's I think I think Finley's winning. I think, I think, I think that's the winning. only reason because they, they 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 had to get the title off of Osprey by Wrestle Kingdom and they were yeah. like, oh, Moxley can't do it. No, but I think Moxley can't can do it because Moxley is state. We know Moxley is AEW and we know he'll work New Japan shows. I think Finley's there to take the loss. Like that's we what I think. See. We shall see. I, I want to be invited back on Indoese after Wrestle Kingdom when Finley okay. is our new champion. Like that's that's fine. I feel like if you were just gonna have, I don't know, I don't know. I feel like Finley's there to take the loss because they aren't sure with Osprey, and you know if Osprey does, let's say he signs with WWE, WWE ain't gonna be like, yeah, we 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 definitely want Will Osprey taking this loss to John Moxley on his way out. Like I don't think they want that. I think Finley's there to take the L. I mean, uh, Carl Anderson lost to Tama Tonga while being on uh, on WWE contracted talent. So well, like, let's <laughs> let's not act like let's not act like Carl Anderson is where no, no, they're no. they're likely going to slot Will Ospreay in the pecking. No, period. but I, I what I'm trying to say is that they had control there. They don't have any control here, so yeah. I don't think they WWE is even a factor in the booking decision. And, and Gato, Gato's decisions don't make sense, but he doesn't put two guys that have been rivals for the past five years as a tag team out of nowhere because, oh, it's a cool fantasy booking moment, Caden. Yeah, but Tony Khan does. <laughs> yeah, Tony Khan does. Tony yeah, so why wouldn't they do it at World's yeah. End? <laughs> but he, he mentioned Gato. Like, that was the, the oh, no, it's Gato. It doesn't make sense. No, Tony Khan. He doesn't make sense. Yeah. That, that's a good reason. <laughs> Uh, SV3, let everybody know where they can find you. I appreciate you joining me today. Uh, we're back on the the Overbook channel uh, on Wednesday, which means unfortunately Joel is back. But uh, SV3, let everybody know where they can find you. You can find me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. But I'll be live in about two three minutes over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Be myself, J News, and Sanal breaking down all the action from NJPW Power Struggle 2023. Talking about uh Brian's challenge for Okada, Will Osprey, and much, much more. So check us out. Let everyone know Alex McCarthy was a coward. He did not appear on the show after I sent him the link. Uh that's why I will forever be above McCarthy in SP3's co-host rankings. Um I understand sad. I understand sad being here. I can live with that. Yeah. Uh, not McCarthy, though. Not McCarthy. Guys, appreciate y'all joining us today. Again, we'll be back on Overbooked, our usual spot, Wednesday, 10 a.m. Eastern to noon, Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern to noon. Uh, and then typically, most Mondays, we're on Fightful Overbooked. But today, the first Monday of every the first Monday of every month, we're on the main channel. So we'll be back December, whatever Monday 
it is on here on the main channel. But we'll be back on Wednesday, Fife Overbooked. Check out Tag Talk on Fife Overbooked in about three hours uh, with Haley and Kylie. And then tomorrow morning, if you're so inclined, you can see myself in SP3 once again, not talking about any wrestling. We'll be talking nope. about basketball, um, the, the week that was in the National Basketball Association. And we will be talking about the, the challenge, which I got to watch. Uh, South Park, which I got to watch. Really, what all anybody cares about is the Love is Blind mobile game. Exactly. We do our, we get our acting on and we try to do things in the pods that they are not allowed to do in the pods. So, pod smashing tomorrow. Yeah, baby. Oh. Uh, Appreciate y'all joining us. Uh, we'll be back. Go to Fightful.com. Go to FightfulSelect.com. Sign up. All, all that fun stuff. Thanks for the thumbs up. Thanks for the uh, super chats. Thanks for just the general comments in the chat. We will catch y'all on Wednesday here in the weeds. Goodbye, everybody.